Today's episode is sponsored by Alone in the Dark. The highly anticipated new reimagination by Pieces Interactive and THQ Nordic. Play as Edward Carnby or Emily Hartwood to explore your environments, fight monsters, solve puzzles, and uncover the true secret of Dorsetto Manor. Our favorite heroes are brought to life by Hollywood stars Jodie Comer of Killing Eve and David Harbour of Stranger Things, who lend not only their voices, but their appearance and their formidable acting skills to the brave protagonists. Experience a deep psychological story that goes beyond the realms of the imaginable, all dreamed up by Mikhail Hedberg, cult horror writer of Soma and Amnesia. The team at Pieces Interactive is supported by monster designer and legendary Guillermo del Toro collaborator Guy Davis, as well as doom jazz legend Jason Conan, who provides his eerie and haunting melodies for the right atmosphere. Alone in the Dark is available March 20th on PS5, Xbox Series XS, and PC. Pre-order your copy now and escape into the dark. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This episode of the 31 Days of Horror is made possible thanks to our patrons. Patrons like Remy Vaught, Diane Wilson, Brooke Eden, Dan Ives, Marianne Villet, Jeffrey Lasick, Connor McCullough, Connor McDonald, Cassie McMurphy, Dan DePedro, Alyssa M. Mathis, and Mason Jones. Our supporters get early access to commercial-free episodes, sticker sets, bonus episodes, logo water bottles, our brand new hoodies, and more. Please check out our reward tiers at patreon.com creepypod. And please stay tuned after today's episode for a trailer from our friends at the Girl in Space podcast. You can check out their iTunes link in our show notes. Subscribe, review, support indie podcasting. Thanks. Now. This is Creepy, a podcast dedicated to sharing the most famous, chilling, and disturbing creepypastas and urban legends in the world. Whether these stories truly happened or are simply fabrications is for you to decide. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Creepy Presents 
The 31 Days of Horror Day 17 The Little Red Ranger Written by S.H. Cooper and narrated by Victoria Wan All Toby could talk about from October 1st onward was Halloween. He was finally old enough to fully understand the holiday and make his own definitive choice in costume, and he was a little bottle rocket of excitement. All it took was one over-the-shoulder glimpse at my screen while I played Left for Dead, and he was hooked on the idea of being Francis. There was just something about that big, goateed biker who hated everything that spoke to Toby. He had me delve deeply into Francis' lore, and together we collected a number of reference photos to begin creating his costume. I sacrificed some old clothes and thrift shop for some new ones, and did my best to create Francis's outfit while our parents set out to make a couple of guns and accessories to wear on his belt. It was a simple costume. Jeans, white wife beater, black leather vest, two full flesh-colored sleeves covered in drawn-on tattoos, and a few weapons. When we were done, it was quite obviously homemade, but Toby was thrilled. He wore the vest so often in the weeks leading up to Halloween that we had to clean it multiple times. He asked that I accompany him as Zoe after I explained who the other characters were. I had wanted to go to a party my friend was throwing and had already planned a hippie ensemble, but seeing his eager grin, I couldn't help but agree. We only had a couple of Halloweens left before I went away to college and I wanted to make them special. Although I spent far less time putting together my own costume, he was equally pleased with the outcome, and took to calling me Zoe more often than he used my real name. When Halloween night finally rolled around, Toby was suited and booted a full hour before we were set to leave. No gloves at the table, Francis, Mom said with a smile. He sighed but pulled off the fingerless gloves and hoovered up his hamburger and tater tots with all the gusto of a child preparing for a long night of candy collecting. I was barely allowed to eat any slower, as I was not yet in costume, which was a huge concern for Toby. You have to get ready! Will it take you long? Do you know where all your stuff is? How long will it take you? Are you done yet? I was equally annoyed and amused by his enthusiasm, and did my best to act as interested in our trick-or-treat adventure as he was. The moment my plate was cleared, he was tugging me away from the table and up the stairs to my room, where my costume was waiting. I could hear him pacing out in the hall while I changed, all the while muttering some of Francis's lines from the game. When I was all dressed up and ready to go, he dragged me back downstairs and had our parents take a million pictures of us in various poses around the house and yard. When he was satisfied that his time as a survivor of the zombie apocalypse had been duly recorded, we grabbed our bags and headed out. The streets were already crawling with all manner of mini-monsters by the time we started. It didn't take long for us to fall in with a group of Toby's neighborhood friends and their parents, and we moved from house to house, an already sugar-addled group of enthusiastic trick-or-treaters. Even though Toby had to explain our costumes more than once, He was happy to tell and retell anyone who would listen all about Francis, Zoe, and their fight against the undead. Peter looks adorable, I said to Mrs. Mulligan while we waited for the kids at their latest stop. I didn't even know what a Pokemon trainer was, she laughed. 
I had to educate myself real quick. We went back and forth, commenting on May's ballerina outfit and how much Taylor actually did look like Harry Potter, down the line of familiar kids, until we got to the last one standing just beside Toby, a very small child dressed in a red Power Ranger costume. I hadn't noticed him before, and wondered when he'd joined our group. "'Who's that?' I asked, nodding to the little boy. "'No idea,' Mrs. Mulligan said. But her attention had turned to her phone, and she hadn't really bothered to look. "'Maybe one of the kids from the new family down the street, the Schwartzes.' I nodded, accepting her answer, but I couldn't help finding it odd that they'd chosen the costume worn by the Mighty Morphin Rangers of my childhood, and not one of the more updated versions. When we regrouped, the little ranger trailing just behind, Toby thrust his open bag in my face so I could see his haul, and jabbered about how that last house had given him full-size Snickers. All I could focus on, though, was the smell. Rotten eggs, I thought, with a wrinkled nose. Rotten eggs and mildew. I glanced around, and I could tell from the frowns that I wasn't the only one who could smell it. Maybe the kids had been given rotten apples or a bad piece of candy. Hey, Tobes, let me see that. I took his bag and opened it again for another sniff. It didn't seem to be coming from inside. Confused, I handed it back and traded a shrug with my brother, who was looking at me curiously. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. As we went along, the smell stuck around and even seemed to grow stronger until a few of the kids were complaining and pinching their noses. There was a sickly sweet quality to it, the kind that crawls into your nostrils and stays there. I'd only encountered something like it before, after a family of mice had died in the garage. What is that? Toby whined. I don't know, but why don't we hit a few more houses and then head home, okay? It's getting pretty bad. He seemed a bit disappointed that his Halloween was being cut short, so I offered him the little candy I'd gotten in addition to his own. That softened the blow, and he agreed we'd finish the street and turn back. As we crowded at the foot of the driveway so the kids could go up to the house, the smell became so strong that I could almost taste it in the back of my throat. I barely withheld a gag and looked down in the direction it seemed to be coming from, and found the little red ranger standing beside me. He turned his helmeted head towards me and craned his neck to look upwards. I couldn't see his face behind the mask, but tried to offer a smile anyway. It turned into a wretch when a breeze blew over us, carrying with it the heavy scent of hot rot. I quickly covered my nose and mouth and stepped away from the child. It's him, I realized with a sickening wrench of my gut. The smell is coming from him. Maybe it was a case of a well-loved, unwashed costume. Maybe he just didn't have good hygiene and his parents didn't care. Those were reasonable explanations. They made sense, 
but my mind kept going back to the dead mouse family and the smell of their decay. Hi, I said awkwardly. You see me. It wasn't a question. Yeah, are you new to the neighborhood? The smell wafting off of him made me want to gag, but I kept a small, forced smile on my face. If a little kid wanted to have a little Halloween fun, who was I to rain on his parade? No, I've been here a long time, he said. His voice was muffled by the helmet. I'm lonely. Oh. I wondered who it was beneath the helmet. If he'd been in the neighborhood a long time, surely I'd know him. Is that your brother? Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Toby. What's yours? Do you want me to introduce you? Offering my brother's name made my skin crawl, and immediately after I said it, I regretted it, even if I didn't know why. No, he said. Are you okay, Lisa? Mrs. Mulligan was suddenly beside me. You look a bit green. No, I'm... I'm okay. I looked back to the ranger, but he was gone, heading up the driveway. It occurred to me then that he wasn't carrying a trick-or-treat bag. I was distracted by Mrs. Mulligan saying, Well, I just wanted to introduce you to Mrs. Schwartz. I mentioned her earlier. She and her family just moved in a few houses down. I said a half-hearted hello and complimented her witch costume. We exchanged a few more pleasantries until a little boy came running up to her. This is my son, Aaron, she said, resting her hands on his shoulders. He waved shyly to me. I gazed down at the boy, who half hid behind his mom, disconcerted by my wide-eyed staring. If this was the Schwartz kid, then he couldn't have been the one I was just talking to. He wasn't the same child who had been walking with us all evening. A bubbly, sick feeling was welling in the pit of my stomach, and I spun away from them while she was in mid-sentence. I couldn't explain it, but I was suddenly terrified and knew I had to get Toby. I had to keep him away from that child who smelled of death. I searched the faces of the returning children, anxiously seeking out my baby brother with his drawn-on goatee, but he was nowhere to be found. Tobes? I called, my voice tight with fear. Toby? The other parents had paused and were starting to look at me with worry. Has anyone seen my brother? He's the one dressed like a biker. Anyone? I was becoming frantic and going from child to child searching for Toby. I saw him. One little girl said quietly, and I had to stop myself from grabbing her. Where? He went that way. She gestured across the road towards the woods with her plastic pumpkin. I jerked around, and there, just beyond the tree line, I caught sight of Toby walking hand in hand with the little red ranger. I screamed for him and started to run, but I stumbled into a group of passing trick-or-treaters and fell hard onto the concrete. He hadn't even looked back. By the time I'd scrambled to my feet again, Toby had vanished. Of everyone who'd been present that night, I was the only one who had remembered seeing a little boy dressed as a mighty Morphin Power Ranger. Some remembered a bad smell. Mrs. Mulligan and Mrs. Schwartz remembered that I looked ill. But beyond that, no one had seen anything out of the ordinary. 
the police scoured the woods for the next week, sent out Amber Alerts for the next month, and kept the case open for the next year. No trace of Toby or the Little Red Ranger was ever found. This probably isn't really worth noting, but during my final radiation tests of the day, I saw a blip out in the opposite direction of Ra. It's a bright light with the pinpoint clarity of a star, but obviously it's not a star since it wasn't there yesterday. Or even a few hours ago. Also, it's moving. Charlotte's taking this new development with all the grace of a garbage fire. She barged in on her hydraulic arm while I was checking Ra's radiation emissions earlier and started reciting the entire Caldwell Enterprises emergency preparedness manual to me from start to finish. I took that to mean that she thinks the incoming light is a matter of some concern. I told her to be more optimistic, that it might not be coming directly toward us, that it could simply be a mirage, that she technically doesn't have a death to fear, but she just started reciting the manual all over again from the beginning. So I wedged a fallen tree branch up into the hydraulic tracks to block her from exiting the glass house. Season one of Girl in Space launches September 18th, 2017, with a new episode every two weeks. Subscribe using your favorite podcast app or stream episodes at girlinspacepodcast.com. It's all here in space. For more information, including pictures and videos of the stories told on this podcast, or to suggest stories for future episodes, please visit us at CreepyPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or email us at creepypod at gmail.com. All stories told on this podcast can be found at creepypastawikia.com and are protected by a Creative Commons license. Some rights reserved unless otherwise stated. Love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Item number SCP-5186. SCP-7160. SCP-7533. Object class. Euclid. Keter. Safe. Special containment procedures. Spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust. <laughs> the only thing I could hear was 7219 <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Do you remember your name?
Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.